Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is going to be special episode number 45. And how do you say 45 in Espanol, Kylie? I knew you were going to say that. Cinco. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I don't think that's right. Exactly. I don't think so either. You say it cinco something. Cinco is five, right? So try to be. (laughs) Tres. Cinco. Cuatro. Quattro Cinco. There we go. Quattro Cinco. Okay, so if you want to find us online, you can go to scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can find us on all social media platforms looking for the user at Scary Savannah. Also remember, we have a Patreon where we have exclusive videos about various exclusive things like cryptids, right? Apparently it's cryptids and banter with Brett. Banter with Brett. It was a chart-topping success. It was. <laughs> Asked him 10 random questions. He had a lot of trouble answering them. I do. I have a lot of trouble answering most questions, though. Like, one of the questions was, if you could eliminate one thing from the Earth, what would it be? Now, what would you think his obvious answer would be? The one thing he hates more than anything. People. <laughs> well, that that's a pretty See? obvious answer, but it's not what she was angling for. You know what he hates. Gum. Yes. Yes, exactly. It took him forever to get to that. <laughs> I was like, to I had to lead him and lead him and lead him. She had to remind me I had misophonia, <laughs> which look it up if you don't know what it is. It's a delightful malady that I suffer from every single day. You can also enter our monthly merchandise giveaway by going to our website and looking for the giveaways tab. There are a few easy to answer questions and you could be entered in our monthly drawing in order to win yourself a t-shirt or a coffee mug. Do they have to answer questions again? They have to tell me who they are. Oh, just who you are. Okay. <laughs> Which I Not think like is a reasonable questions. expectation. Okay, just tell us who you are and your email. Like the littlest, smallest <laughs> amount of detail about yourself. Okay. I have to know you exist okay. as a person. So we'd also like to ask you to leave us your five-star review. We got another one. They didn't write anything, but we got another five-star. Hey, that's almost as good as writing something yeah. because it was five stars and I'll take it. I'll take it. But, but we next can't time send you stickers yeah. if you don't tell us who yeah, you are. Yeah, we don't know who you are. <laughs> and we'll send you free stickers. I have people that do that for me. Mm, you have me. Exactly. And she's <laughs> my people and she takes care of the thing. So leave us a review of the five-star variety. And if you like, send us a message through our website and tell us that you did and who you are. And I'll delete it really quick before he... T- she ain't going to believe nothing. She has no power here. And then I'll send you some stickers through my faithful and lovely wife slash assistant. I thought I was a co-host, not assistant. She's a head yeah, writer. That's... She's the head writer and the co-host and assistant. Hey, I didn't get I didn't give authority for you that. You don't get like, paid enough for this. I do not get paid you enough get to paid be You don't get paid anything. Assistant. No. We'd also like to ask you if you could please to donate to Crystal's Caffeination Fund. And you can do that by looking for the little yellow coffee cup icon on the bottom left-hand corner of your browser where you can buy her one, two, three, or 76,527 coffees. Whatever you feel is right. And it really does help the podcast to uh, fund all the things I'm spending money on here lately, which... What did you buy? We'll talk about it after the episode. Let me check my email. You probably should. (laughs) Oh, and also, I'd like to introduce today that we have our daughter, Kylie, with us here in the studio. Yay. And she's written on the script that she would like to change it to buy me a Lamborghini. Can you put a little car icon in the corner? I don't know. Just buy one or two Lamborghinis. One, two, or three Lamborghinis. One or two is just, you know, reasonable enough, right? I mean, I would think so. You didn't want to get greedy. You know, just one. One's good. I I was taking the people into consideration here. That's important, you know, to think of others before yourself. I really am. (laughs) I've shown a lot of restraint so far. Uh, You really have. You haven't said anything on fire since you've been in here for the uh, grand total of five minutes so far. So I know. I'm doing great. Beating records here. (laughs) So how are you, Crystal? Have you been doing this week? Uh, It's been really busy and crazy. We had your family over. Well, our family, but your side of the family (laughs) over. Oh, oh, so they're my family now. (laughs) Well, it's your side of the family (laughs) over for Labor Day. Okay. All right. I see where we stand here now. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so it was a whole thing. And we went to uh, the Windrose and you played music Friday night. I did. And we had a flood. While we were playing music. It's like the first time they've said, said that's happened. 
And we live on an island yeah. where we have hurricanes. Yeah. And this was more rain than the hurricanes, apparently. Yeah, it, it just like started downpouring and then water just started pouring in the door. And they had to like clean it up and get your instruments out of the way. Yeah, what? Thankfully, my instruments were fine. Yeah. I just had them sitting back off the side, and I was just watching the drum set. And I'm like, Henny is not going to like it if that water floods in here and gets on his bass drum. And in even better news, the Braves are tied for first place as of right now. Hashtag I haven't checked today. Or the A. We might be in first place <laughs> yes. by the time we're done recording this. The Mets are playing the Pirates as we speak. Or they may win and we may lose. We don't know. Oh. It could but happen. At the moment, they're tied for first. Yes, and that's And very at one good point, news. they were 10 and a half games down. So it's pretty amazing. So we need to finish this podcast so go I can go watch, watch it. Baseball. <laughs> so this week, we, as I mentioned earlier, brought our daughter Kylie in, who is a renowned specialist in the world of paranormal and occult studies. I do have a master's. She does have a master's of something. Right? Yeah, it's basically, uh, you know, don't, paranormal research. Don't worry about, don't look into it. <laughs> don't, Just take my word for don't it. Fact, oh, it sounds, that's good enough for me. That's not it the degree be. we have on the wall for you, though. See, this is why we didn't invite you here tonight. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> don't renounce my accomplishments. Can we pay $80,000 for you to be an a expert in parapsychologist specializing in Appalachian monsters. Oh, well, know. she did go to Appalachian State, so I guess that qualifies her. Yeah, and she might tell us a little bit more about that here in a few minutes. So she looked up a story, and she agreed to come on the podcast with us. One of the cool things about her, I'd like to say, is if you see our podcast art, she actually drew that for us, and that's uh, really cool, and we appreciate her artistic talents, which apparently came along with her parapsychological degree. So she started doing some investigation on one of the most famous monster slash ghost slash whatever this thing is story in the history of the United States of America, which would be the... The Bell Witch Hauntings. The Bell Witch Hauntings. And this story comes from what a lot of ghost hunters and paranormal investigators call America's most haunted location. So clearly they've never been to Savannah. Yeah, we, we took that title, I thought. Yeah. At least according to their website, of course, which of course oh. means it's true. Because well, then it's they have a website. I mean, come on. I'm going to type on our website that we're the most haunted place <laughs> and nobody would argue with it. And so this story does date back to the early 1800s. And that's when all the best monsters roam the earth. And with that, Kylie, please regale us with your tale about the Bell Witch. The tale of the Bell Witch hauntings has been dubbed by many as one of the greatest American ghost stories of all time. It is arguably one of the most prominent folklore tales that has come from the Appalachian Mountains. And if you recall on one of our earlier episodes, I say that her love of Appalachian ghosts surely stems from me since of those four books I check out in the <laughs> Stanley Library, the only four they had, about ghosts just happened to be Appalachian ghosts. Well, it's funny that you say that because even though we lived about an hour away from the Appalachian Mountains, I went to school there for four years. Never heard of this story. I that still haven't crazy. heard of Never it. Never heard of it. Which it turns out it's one of the most famous stories about a witch in recorded history. Let us know, know. if y'all have heard about it out there because we've never heard of it and we lived right near it. We lived right up on it. Mm -hmm. We knew about the Brown Mountain Lights, but... Yeah, everybody knows that. Never saw them, though. I can't believe you never went to try to find them. We thought about doing that a lot, but then we never actually did it. And you're very sad. That you missed out on that experience, I imagine. If the experience was seeing it from afar, then yes. Okay. Yeah, I guess that would make <laughs> sense. I don't think anyone's ever seen them up close except for the people in the legends. So, Kylie, you did quite a bit of camping out there um, with your stay at the Appalachian Mountains through Boone and various other places. When you found out about this story, how did it make you feel? Uh, well, it made me feel glad that I never experienced any sort of haunting while I was on my camping trips. The biggest worry that we had were bears, which we never really paid much attention to. Were you ever chased by a bear? I was not. I saw a bear once. What we about walked... snakes, though? Oh, yeah, we I saw a lot of snakes. I remember y'all almost touching a snake when you were yeah. climbing up the side of something one time. Oh, yeah, we went on this uh, quote-unquote trail. <laughs> Quote-unquote. <laughs> We basically just followed a river all the way up to this waterfall. It was technically, I guess, as liberally as you could call a trail classified as one. 
And it was pretty much just us scaling a mountain mm. by crawling through the river, which I guess is more like a creek. And, you know, slipped down the mountain many a time. And then at one point, we all just crawled over a copperhead. Nice. Didn't notice it until the last one of us passed it. One of two or three of the poisonous snakes in North Carolina. I think one of them lives by the cotton coast. Mouth and Water moccasin, which I guess is a cottonmouth. Then moccasin. there's a rattlesnake and then a copperhead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so snakes don't exist, according to Kylie, who on top of being an expert in parapsychology is also apparently, uh, what do they call that, herpetologist? Herpetologist. Yeah, you're, you got a degree in that too, right? I sure do. When you were doing the, the basket weaving and, you know, the pottery and such and the things that you do she when you're taking pottery. those degrees. Now that one's true. I did do pottery, but I don't think that that has anything to do with herbology. Well, tell us about bears. I want to hear more about bears. What I can tell you is that we did end up having a camping trip at one point in the Noachucky Gorge. We spent a lovely weekend there. Um, it is a it is a very active bear sanctuary. Okay. We knew this going in, and yet we decided not to bring bear spray. There's um, a bear spray? Yeah, it's like hyper-powered mace. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. It's like bear mace. So you're telling me y'all didn't take a gun? No. So you didn't take bear spray or a gun. You I think just took Ryan, a bunch of food. I think Ryan had a knife. Oh, well, oh that, that'll do it. That'd slow the bear down as it digested the knife. Maybe you could escape. Okay, no. Recalling, Ryan did have a knife. I think it was pretty small, but he also had a flare. Oh, okay. We well, could have like shoved it in the bear's mouth. and uh, Well, supposedly fire scares bears, mm. but I feel like bear spray might be a tad bit more effective. Do you throw it at them or do you like set it out? Is it like a grenade or how does it work? <laughs> like a bomb. Bear like a spray? Bomb? Yeah. It's it's like mace. So you spray it at them. Well, I've never used mace. I don't know how mace <laughs> operates. Okay. <laughs> no, it's like pepper spray. Oh, okay. Well, that, that would be pretty cool to try it out and see how it works. Yeah, did you, you just spray find it in your, Did you spray it into Ben's face? I would have liked to. Sounds like you. So what all did you do in Noah Chucky Gorge? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't recall exactly the elevation change, but I can say that we were extremely under and over prepared at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? Well, it means that we had absolutely no protection against bears or mosquitoes or bell witches. Bugs and bell witches. I mean, you know. And you think with your advanced degree, you would have known that. She was still studying at the time. Oh, well, that's true. You probably didn't get to that part of the course. Maybe more advanced learning. I was only in my junior year, so we didn't quite get to the Bell Witch yet. Okay, yeah. That's a a senior. It is a senior level class. Senior level class. Mm -hmm. We were, at the same time, over and underprepared. We stayed there for one night. So we brought salmon, chicken, sausage, pasta... And I believe there was a fourth meat option. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> were y'all yeah. hungry? And, I guess And so. how far did you have to hike to get to the point where you were cooking this food? Oh, it was like three miles. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. We but you hiked, were hungry. No, we hiked. So, started at the top of the mountain. And it is classified as the Nolichucky Gorge. So, we hiked all the way down into the gorge and stopped there. We were all pretty dead when we got down there. And then we decided to make a stew out of the various meats and foods that we brought. So you mixed the salmon and the sausage and the chicken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds weird. And did you bring your own water to cook with? Yeah. And water weighs like nine pounds a gallon. So, you know. So, you know, going along with the underprepared aspect of this trip, we, none of us had a proper hiking backpack. So we were all just, we all just like dumped our school backpacks and filled those up. I was carrying a backpack filled with camping supplies, food, unnecessary items, I'm sure. Hair dryers. Yeah. Car keys. Just in the off chance that they had an electrical outlet, I was prepared. An 88 key keyboard (laughs) complete with MIDI cables. I mean, what if I needed it? You never know. You don't. You really don't. You really don't. So, Kylie, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the Bell Witch? So, the Bell Witch hauntings originated from Red River, Tennessee, which is now known as Adams, Tennessee. And the story focuses on the John Bell family. I think I like Red River better than Adams. It sounds a little bit more like 
frontier you know? Yeah, I don't know if they changed the name because of the Bell Witch hauntings or mm. maybe, maybe not. But I agree. I think I'm going to pretend like that is the reason. It might be. The infamous story takes place from 1817 to 1821, but reports of the Bell Witch related hauntings still occur to this day. So, Kylie, uh, about how far away is Adams, Tennessee from Boone, North Carolina, where you were frequenting? Well, it's about. I don't know, around 45 minutes northwest of Nashville, so around four or five hours from Boone. Okay, and the way your mom drives, she could be there in 20 to 30 minutes. As the crystal flies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I should put that on a shirt. <laughs> Done. So the beginning of this story takes place in the early 19th century. John Bell and his family were very successful farmers that originated out of Edgecombe County, North Carolina. North Carolina connections, because we're practically family. <laughs> Do right? we want to be related to these people? I don't know this story yet. I you think, might not want to be. I think the okay. word egregious, 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 exactly. What are we talking that about? That comes to mind, at least it did when <laughs> I first started the sentence, but that was like 10 seconds ago, so it's gone. <laughs> Several of the Bell's friends and community members decided to make the move out west to Tennessee to expand their farms, and the Bell family decided to do the same. In the year 1804, they moved to Red River, Tennessee, again known as Adams, Tennessee today, where John purchased a home on a large plot of farmland. And I actually looked this place up, and it is in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, mm -hmm. but it is supposed to be a pretty place. And a lot of these places in that area are quite fanciful, you know, dreamlike even. Mm. I've been to Tennessee <laughs> once or twice. I like Gatlinburg. Is it anywhere near that? No. Oh, well then. Not at all. Then I don't know where it is. For the first few years of living in Tennessee, the Bell family's success continued on. Their farm was doing very well, and John landed a position as an elder at the Red River Baptist Church. However, the Bell's family lives were about to be turned upside down by none other than the Bell Witch. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the Bell Witch, you say? <laughs> Who is the Bell Witch? It is widely believed that the Bell Witch is or was conjured by Kate Batts, a neighbor of the Bells. Man, you got to hate those interfering neighbors with their nosiness and those invoking of curses and whatnot as they do in North Carolina and South Carolina and Tennessee, Tennessee. and Georgia and <laughs> Alabama. It's thought that there was a dispute between John and Kate over the sale of a slave that resulted in a lifelong feud between the two families, but this is unconfirmed. Seemingly, the reason why so many believe that the Bell Witch and Kate are connected is because the Bell Witch took a liking to the name Kate and would respond to this name when called. So you call the witch out? Why would you talk why to the would, witch? Like, how did, like, why? Oh, she would have like full-on conversations with people. That seems like a bad thing to do. What, in your professional opinion, as a licensed parapsychologist, what is your advice to people seeking to talk to witches? Don't do it. There you go, right from the horse's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Although this connection to Kate Bats is typically taken as fact, it is highly disputed, and Kate vehemently denies any connection. She don't want get none of that blame put on her because that's a mm -hmm. typical nosy neighbor action she's got rolling there. Mm -hmm. One other theory that I saw was the possibility of the Bell Witch being the spirit of a Native American whose grave was disturbed by one of the Bell's sons on the property. Ooh, sort of like the way you guys accidentally disturbed that graveyard at the end of my friend Mikey Street. You know, he oh. lives on a road in North <laughs> Carolina, oddly enough, called Cemetery Road. And at the end of this little wooded road on this tiny little gravel trail that you would just accidentally turn off to, if you you, you can't turn onto it unless you know where it is because mm -hmm. you drive right by it. Hidden in the trees at the end of that road is an old graveyard. Kylie, why don't you tell us what happened when you and your friends went down to this graveyard? Well, that was so many years ago. You've just unlocked this memory for me. Excellent. Honestly. Do you remember what happened? I don't. I don't remember going there without you and Mikey. Oh, y'all went there and somebody knocked over an angel statue. Oh, I do remember that. Because we had gone back to the house and y'all were down there and somebody knocked over an angel statue. Curses galore. <laughs> oh, 
It was a, it was, and the house they lived in was already haunted. It's super haunted, and we're going to try to maybe have them on at some point. But of course, it's haunted because it's on Cemetery Road with the cemetery and the defiled graveyard. I remember for some reason not being phased at all. Like I'm horrified of the dark. I'm horrified of graveyards. I, I'm not about that life, but I do not remember being freaked out. So strange. Maybe you just blocked that memory from your mind that I just unlocked on your drive home in the <laughs> yeah, dark. Yeah, now she's going to be scared tonight. When you go down these dark country streets in the we middle of nowhere, no Georgia. Street. Through the She'll middle of Savannah. <laughs> through the middle. <laughs> well, you got to go all the way through Savannah to Rinkin. So you're Rinkin. Rinkin. It's Rinkin. Rinkin, Georgia. He said, well, don't worry. Rinkin. Some people do say Rincon. In the big Rincon. city of Effingham County. They had a rodeo and everything out there. Mm. It was terrible. <laughs> why did Do you go to a rodeo? Yeah, why? Well, I've never been to a rodeo. And, you know, I was thinking. Well, now you know why. I was thinking, I'm a homeowner. I now live <laughs> in Effingham County. I want to participate in community events. Let's go wanted, to a rodeo. I wanted to plant some roots, you know? Like <laughs> I thought, And I thought I could met, meet the best people at where? A rodeo. Everybody who was anyone in Rinkin was there. Like-minded people, of course. That's what I'm saying. Do you remember we went to a rodeo when we were dating? I remember that. you remember that? That was a, not a good experience. <laughs> I don't know why. Why, why did we, we go went, to a rodeo? Someone asked us to go. I don't even remember who we went with. But we, I sound like a redneck, but I'm not that redneck. No, I'm we're not. not rodeo people. <laughs> we found this out. We now found that out early that on, herself. and now she's found it out early on in her adult life. Anyways, Kylie, let's get back to the witch, shall we? The first recorded report of the haunting takes place in 1817. One day, John was walking through his fields and caught sight of a very strange-looking creature. The creature seemed to have the body of a very large dog and the head of a rabbit. John attempted to shoot the creature, naturally. I mean, obviously he shot at it because Tennessee. He attempted to shoot at it, but ultimately missed. Instead of being even mildly concerned with this sighting of the dog rabbit creature, John decided to go and have a relaxing dinner with his family. Because apparently monsters showing up on your property was pretty commonplace in the 1800s, right, Crystal? So why, this sounds more like a cryptid than a witch. Well, you haven't got to the oh, witch okay. aspect okay, of the Okay, I'm waiting, yet. I'm waiting. It's a witchy witch. Okay. Yeah, well, one reason why they kind of ignored it and didn't really mention it to anyone, at least in the beginning, is because of the connection to the whole Salem witch trials, which I believe was around a hundred years or so before this. Okay. And, you know, he was in a position of church leadership. Yeah. So he didn't really want to have that. He didn't want to be associated with that. Yeah. Didn't want people to start saying, hey, you know, this man's into some dark arts and black magic, some witchcraft. He's consorting with the devil. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those big fancy terms. Don't want none of that. You learn those in the third year of your master's degree in parapsychology. You sure do. I learned it from distance learning. (laughs) A far distance away. (laughs) Yeah, I copied all my notes, sent them over. (laughs) Unfortunately, John's dismissal of this creature would not go unanswered. That afternoon, after dinner, the family reported very loud banging on the front door and the walls of their home. This banging continued every night for the next several weeks and grew in frequency and intensity with each passing day. Although John and his family attempted to catch the person responsible, they never caught anyone or found any evidence of anyone outside their home. I'm sure he came outside armed to the teeth. This ain't no monster to take calmly. (laughs) This is advanced banging on walls. So this is me that, writing a script here and her trying words. to read a line. <laughs> He's like, do you want to read that? I'm like, that is so nothing I would ever say. I thought you wrote it. I'm no. going to write you some more lines. I'm going to make them worse. <laughs> this is such a Brett line. I'm going to make them worse. <laughs> so anyways, okay. Kylie, let's keep going. Banging on walls. Let's do. The banging was only the start of what the Bell family would endure. Eventually, the children began reporting being awoken in the middle of the night to the sound of rats gnawing on their bedposts, chains dragging on the floor, heavy objects like furniture hitting the ground. Furniture. Like (laughs) furniture. I mean, we don't really know, but it sounds like. Debatable. It is. They heard sounds like heavy objects like furniture. Okay. Hitting the ground. 
dogs barking and fighting, and the sounds of choking and strangling were also heard with no source ever being discovered. This is kind of (laughs) creepy. I think it's almost worse that you would hear things rather than seeing them because at least then you would have an idea of what you're dealing with. I agree. Rats gnawing on the bedpost is the worst part for me. The rest of it I could like probably ignore. Like the the rabbit-headed dog monster you're cool with, but if a rat chews well, on a head It's post, not in the house. It was outside, right? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but if the rat's in the house. This is kind of creepy. This, I think it's almost worse to hear things <laughs> rather than see them. You think I won't leave that in the podcast? <laughs> At least then you know what you're working with. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Crystal. Southern accent. I didn't even write that. Yeah, but I can read it in your, it's like obvious in the writing. Well, you always uh, type in all caps? No, He's I old. did that to differentiate between <laughs> okay. lines. He's yelling. Well, I saw you guys use 16 point font. And well, that's because I can't see. Your mom's blind. I, I'm aware. <laughs> Evidence was never found of damage to the furniture or the presence of rats inside the home. Sounds like you're golden then. Mm, I'm fine. You're fine. Soon, the strange sounds and knocking were joined by a voice. In the beginning, the voice was very faint and resembled that of an old woman singing church hymns. Now, that would be kind of messed up. Mm -hmm. Over time, the voice became stronger and very distinctly identifiable as the Bell Witch. I'm assuming by this point, she moved from church hymns to cannibal corpse. (laughs) It's the only feasible progression. Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> Name one song by Cannibal Corpse. I bet it has something to do with like dead babies. I'm just guessing. I think so. Anything in a Metallica. I didn't know they had song about dead babies. Well, like they have the album cover with all the babies hanging by their toes on the clothesline. That's uh, Megadeth. Yeah, I meant Megadeth. Yeah. Euthanasia. I mean, get yourself straight, Crystal. At least you remember that. I meant, album I meant Megadeth. It was Euthanasia. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one. The witch would focus her topics of conversation mostly around religion, particularly Christianity. I find that sort of interesting. It's odd that the demonic, well, it's not even said that it's a demonic spirit, but that it's a thing that's considered an evil entity would focus on religion. Seems like there is some sort of motivating factor for this thing, at least in that arena in some way. Yeah. So how does it appear to people besides the dog? That's Rabbit a good question. Combo. Do you know how it appeared to people physically? How it manifested? Or did they just hear so, it? So the physical appearances of it, I believe, were only like the dog, like creature uh, sightings. And then I think when she was talking, there was no so they physical entity it. associated with okay. it. Yeah. So, so did they think that was the witch or it was like a creature conjured by the witch? They think it was the witch. Makes sense. One of the most notable incidents was when she recited word for word two separate church sermons that were being taught at the same time at churches that were located over 13 miles apart. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. She's got one of them eidetic memories. Eidetic. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to use the southern accent the rest of the time. You there ought to. You it's a real good look on you. <laughs> Howdy! I finally got someone here that will appreciate Andy Griffith as much as I do. I've started, well, I don't know how long ago it was, but I was sort of ironically saying howdy. It, it starts now it is, like that? Yeah, it started like that, but now it's it's, it's quite the opposite. I just say it all the time. It. I do. It really throws off my clients, howdy! too. <laughs> you got to say it like that, too. Howdy! You just say howdy. Well, I don't want to scream into the microphone. Howdy! Howdy! No, that was terrible. That <laughs> well, was you know, I am but the master and you are yet the learner. So, yeah, I've got some work Young to do. Young one. So, speaking of noises. Once the Bell Witch decided the noises weren't cutting it, she began to take on a physical presence. There's what you're looking for right there. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here it comes. It's coming. The children started reporting sightings of a large dog like creature around the farm. They also reported that their bed sheets were being torn off of them during their sleep and their pillows were being thrown across the room in the middle of the night. But nobody was concerned because there wasn't no rats biting on bedposts at this point. Yeah, well, so I think these kids were just up to no good. They was up to shenanigans. That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, pillow fights, making really? I mean, ghosts really out of their sheets. Conjuring Satan holes in, them. in their bedroom. <laughs> it happens. You know. 
Tennessee. Tennessee. John Bell lived to be 70 years old and suffered through the rapping voices and attacks for years. In 1820, John's body was found by his family. Near him was a mysterious vial full of liquid. They fed some to the cat and it immediately died. Which is like well, your first thought. Like, like, let's, don't investigate it. Let's about here, kitty. <laughs> you you know test they it out. You know how a cat is. The cat didn't just get fed it. You know, they pried its mouth open and, uh-huh. and just rammed yeah. it down in there. And then the cat died. And they're like, well, I guess this is poison. I guess. Maybe. I don't think that there was any other way you could have found that out. No, no, you couldn't have possibly sent it out for forensic analysis in the 1800s. Well, then you would have to tell people That's about probably it. how the forensic analysis worked in the 1800s. They probably had like a row of cats on the counter. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know what this is. Well, let's give it the old Fluffy here. <laughs> then when Fluffy croaks, they're like, well, I guess it, was, it must be poison. That gum was poison. <laughs> That's terrible. Does it smell like almonds? Then it'd be cyanide. It would oh, be. yeah, I need that. Which used to be untraceable, right? When you kill people with it. Mm-mm. Did you know that if you ate enough apple seeds, it'd kill you? Yeah, but it'd be a lot. Yeah, it'd be at least three. <laughs> so after they killed the cat, the witch then took credit for John Bell's death and supposedly laughed and sang constantly during Bell's burial on the farm. Maybe she is in Megadeth. So people are just hearing disembodied voices mm-hmm. singing and... Mm-hmm. Oh. Rejoicing as a man's being buried. Yeah, this is weird. Presumably poisoned by a witch. Hmm. I wonder if this is like mass hysteria. Could be. Maybe everyone was experiencing something that only happened in their minds. Kefalia do. Seems like we should have talked about that at some point. We have. Unfortunately, after John Bell's death, the Bell witch decided to turn her focus to Betsy Bell, the youngest daughter of the Bell family. Betsy Bell. Betsy, Betsy Bell. <laughs> Is that what you said? I thought you said Nancy. I said Betsy. Nancy Uh, Bale. Betsy Bale. (laughs) The witch would pull Betsy's hair, pinch her, and repeatedly slap and punch her, which would leave her with pretty significant welts and bruises on her face and body. Did people actually witness this, or did she just show up with, like, stuff on her face? You don't believe believe her first eyewitness story? Disembodied, like, entity... Pinching her, pulling her hair, slapping and punching her. like. So you're saying you don't believe eyewitness testimony? No. Okay, well then I can't question <laughs> that logic then. I mean, eyewitness testimony with no evidence. I mean, it's always unequivocally fact. Yeah, and this is like third-hand stories, mm-hmm. by the way. This yeah. is recounted in a book. The Bell Witch's obsession with Betsy Bell lingered all throughout her childhood and even into her adult life. The Bell Witch was furious with the news of Betsy's engagement to her childhood sweetheart, Joshua Gardner, a boy she grew up with in Red River, and repeatedly ordered Betsy to call off the engagement. The witch would torment Betsy and Joshua relentlessly. She continued on with the verbal and physical abuse towards Betsy in particular, and Betsy became so consumed with the threat of the witch that she was prone to fainting spells and smothering sensations. This sounds like she has some sort of mental issues to me. It does. Oh, you're not talking about the dog who's between (laughs) the legs right now. (laughs) Something that could be diagnosed. She's hearing voices. Yeah. She's experiencing uh, hallucinations. Which it seems like hallucinations. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole family sounds like they were under maybe some delusions or hallucinations Mm or. Yeah. Maybe they were growing poppies. I don't know. Who knows? The harassment was so bad that Betsy ended up calling off the engagement on Easter Sunday in 1821 to appease the spirit. Shortly after the engagement ended, the bell witch appeared to Lucy Bell, the mother, and informed her that she would be leaving and would return in seven years' time. With that, Betsy was free from the abuse. I'm thinking that uh, she just didn't want to marry this guy. Well, I'm thinking (laughs) that maybe somebody didn't want her. To marry that yeah, okay. guy. The witch. I got my way. Now I'm leaving for seven years. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's all good. I'm going on tour with Cannibal Corpse. So what's to stop her from then marrying this Joshua while the witch is out of the picture? The threat of her returning oh, at so any So she'll come moment. back if you don't She didn't obey. say that, but I mean, she just got to read between well, the lines. Well, she said she wasn't coming yeah. back for seven years, so by then she should be over it. Well, maybe she left her rabbit-headed dog to watch for her. <laughs> Maybe she was the rabbit-headed dog. I think she was. Oh, okay. Well, then my logic just fell apart again. 
1820, Betsy Bell ended up marrying her former school teacher, Professor Richard Powell, who was 11 years older than her, which is pretty strange, if you ask me. Powell would tell her while she was still a student that he wanted to marry her. I'm seeing a little connection. He could be the witch. Yeah, or I'm thinking that maybe it sounds like Powell was perhaps enlisting the services of somebody who is a witch to break up this whole marriage shenanigans so that he can have uh, easy access to the fair young, I assume she's fair. Is she fair? Of course. We'll call Not her according fair. to the picture. I oh, saw. no. Oh, okay. Well, you I'll put call the picture her fair up. because I don't want to impugn the dead because they might show up at my house. <laughs> so it sounds like he might have been trying to put a wedge between them in the guise of a witch. But that seems like an awful extreme amount of things to do and to go through just to People do that. People had a lot of free time back then. I thought so they were farming like nonstop. He was a school teacher. What's he do after school? Well, I guess the other people were farming nonstop and he was teaching the school. He had time to like come up with this stuff. Yeah. I think he was grooming Betsy Bell. That's sort of what I was angling for right there. Yeah. After they married, they ended up moving to Mississippi and settling there shortly after. Okay. As promised, seven years later in 1828, the Bell Witch did return. She come back from that old cannibal corpse tour she had rolling on. (laughs) It was very successful. It was very successful. That's the early days of death metal. Little few people knew about them being around in the 1800s. (laughs) So now that the witch is back, her focus had now switched from Betsy to John Bell Jr. Poor John. Instead of harassing John Bell Jr. as she did with Betsy, the witch mainly spoke to John about more philosophical topics like religion. Again, particularly focusing on Christianity. She also spoke about the origin of life and made predictions about major future events. Most notably, she quote-unquote predicted the Civil War. Now, that would be an interesting thing if they had any documentation of that before it happened. It would be. How are you going to have documentation of a disembodied voice talking to you? Because John Bell Jr. could have written it down. They didn't have cell phones. But he could have written it down after she told him, and then if it came true, then he'd have documentation before it happened. So when was this... 18 what? 1821. Or, no. And the Civil War didn't happen until at least 1989. After staying and speaking with John Bell Jr. for approximately three weeks, she announced that she would be leaving again and would return to visit the most direct descendant of John Bell in exactly 107 years. Oh, goodness. This is the point of the story where we find out that Bell is very close to the name Lay, and then it turns out somehow we're descendants of John (laughs) Bell don't Lay tell Bell. me. Don't tell me that's where the story's going. I won't tell you. Okay, cool. Okay. This would mean that the Bell Witch would be returning in the year 1935. It's a long tour. Mm-hmm. She's really into some dark metal. Yeah. It takes time. Dr. Charles Bell, a physician and neurologist living in Nashville, was the great-grandson of John Bell Sr., and was the most direct descendant at the time of the witch's upcoming return. I would be freaked out if that was me and I knew it. I mean, honestly, he didn't seem to be that put off by it because in eight or in 1934, Charles did write a book entitled The Bell Witch of Tennessee. It also has a whopping average of 4.5 star. That could on. be really big. It could be. <laughs> from all nine reviewers. Oh, gosh. Oh, so nine reviews and four and a half stars. That means Average. at least, you know, a handful of them are like, this book ain't nothing nothing to scream for. <laughs> ain't no witchy events happening up on her. Yeah, to be honest, it might have just been the paperback version. I don't know. The hard copy could have like yeah, the 10 ki- reviewers. The Kindle version that came out in 1934 was probably a little ahead of its time. I think so. It's thought that he wrote this in order to raise awareness of the witch's return in the upcoming year of 1935. Unfortunately, Dr. Charles Bell never wrote a follow-up on the witch's return and later died in the year 1945. So no one truly knows whether or not the Bell Witch ever returned. Hmm. Well, that is pretty fascinating. So speaking of the uh, extra research we did here, we got a little story about Andrew Jackson, and I think Crystal's going to share it with us. What's great is I didn't have to do any writing or research this week, so I am ready to read this. Well, read it out, baby. And I'm going to read it just like y'all wrote it. Another interesting story. 
although this one is more legend than truth, likely, is that President Andrew Jackson had an encounter with the Bell Witch. You don't say. It's said that Jackson owned some property on the Red River, and he had heard stories of the Bell Farm and the Witch. Some of the Bell children had actually fought with Jackson when he was a general, so there may have been some connection there. Linking them together. As he and his crew were on the way to visit the farm, his wagon became stuck by some unseen force. Unseen force? They tried to get it to move, but nothing worked. They whipped the horses, checked the wheels. Nothing was wrong. And they even tried, gasp, pushing it. All to no avail. You're supposed to actually gasp. She gasped for me. She gasped. I did. At that point, it said, Jackson stated, by the eternal boys, this is the witch. Come and on, Crystal. Say that again, but say it like Andrew Jackson would have said it. Honestly. I don't know how Andrew Jackson Take spoke. your best. By the eternal boys, this is the witch. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. And then from somewhere, the witch replied, all right, General, let the wagon move on. I will see you again tonight. Uh-oh. And then just like that, the wagon was able to move again. So is he fraternizing with the witch? Fraternizing with the enemy. Later that evening at camp, the party ran into a supposed witch hunter. Mm -mm. He claimed to have silver bullets and tons of stories about hunting witches. It's not obvious why he had a silver bullet, as I thought that was for werewolves, but maybe that's a universal symbol for, I kill evil monsters. As you do. It's also unclear in this story if he was in fact talking about drinking a silver bullet. Kylie? What do you think? I think he was definitely throwing it back. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're He's getting iced. Now that you're intimately familiar with get iced. Either way, Jackson wasn't buying the man's story. He said, I'll bet this fellow is an errant coward. Don't you just love how people used to talk? Exactly. I'm gonna start calling people errant first chance to get. By the Eternals, I do wish the thing would come. I want to see him run. I guess this was enough to shut the man up, and then silence fell on the party. And sure enough, there came the sound of footsteps prancing on the floor, and a voice said, All right, General, I am on hand and ready for business. What if she saluted him? Well, is she, can you see her, or you just hear the footsteps? I imagine they could see her, or maybe they just heard her. It says the sound of footsteps prancing, so okay. it's very specific. Okay, yeah, Prancing is. footsteps. Very specific. The witch straight up called the witch hunter out. She then mocked the witch hunter and asked him to shoot her, and he tried. But it seems the gun either jammed or was under some kind of spell. Which could it be? Which witch? <laughs> then the hunter was magically attacked by the witch. He claimed to feel the pain of being stuck by needles, screamed he had been grabbed by the nose, and then took off running, just like Jackson thought he would. What an errant coward I this know. man was. Honestly. The witch then said, how the devil did run and beg. I'll bet he won't come through here again with his old horse pistol to shoot me. I guess that's fun enough for tonight, General, and you can go to bed now. I will come tomorrow night and show you another rascal in the crowd. Unfortunately, it seems Jackson never got to see her again, as this whole affair had spooked his party and they wanted to hightail it out of here. Understandable. So they made their leave back to Nashville shortly thereafter. And another fun fact, the name Bellwitch was said to be coined by Andrew Jackson himself. Who knew? And I looked this up. It seems the Bellwitch Cave is still there, and you can go visit in Adams, Tennessee. Mm. They even do John Bell cabin tours. Really? If which, you want to learn... And which website did you find that on? If you want to learn more about the Bellwitch, you can read the 1894 book called An Authenticated History of the Famous Bell Witch. Oh, it's authenticated. It said so right there in the title in yeah, 1894. It's, it's authenticated by the author. It's in the public domain now, so you should be able to seek it out on Google and find a copy. And you too could do yourself a favor and get on Kylie's level with parapsychology and witch studies. By Not reading this studying book. witchcraft, but the study of witches themselves. Yeah. How do they work? Why do they work? Like, are they dog-headed rabbit monsters? Yes. Like, I'm confused as to how they just appear. Like, you just hear sounds, basically. So, it doesn't look like the Wicked Witch of the West. I guess she doesn't. But no one ever said what she looked like. I know. She just had prancing footsteps. Does she look footsteps. like a woman? Prancing footsteps, that's all. You can find out more 
by checking out my. (laughs) 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 All right, just like cut that little snippet and put that as our promo. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to say, our daughters are sons. It's called Scary Savannah and Beyond. <laughs> and it's hosted, <laughs> produced, and written by me, myself, and I, Kylie Lay. I'm kicking these two losers off the show. I'm taking their followers. I mean, all 12 of them. All 12 of them. Hey, we Very have over 27,000 listens. Well, I'm taking them. I'm taking them. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. It's like the best end of an argument. I don't even know what you can say to that. It just, it ends it. It ends it. Okay, so that's going to wrap it up for the Bell Witch project we just undertook. And I hope you learned a little something and maybe laughed and cried. That's going to bring us to the part of the show where we like to... What? We're... <laughs> I felt You didn't write insert graphic here. Insert graphic here. What, what we're, we're watching... watching. So, this week, we were going to watch a movie about the Bell Witch, but from what I've heard from reliable Bell Witch study experts, it's trash. Oh, they had a movie about it? Garbage. Several, I think. Garbage. So, instead, we're going to talk about something that's much more relevant to the topic. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be an ongoing television show featuring narcissistic sociopaths. And that show is called... It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, this this show has been on for a very long time. I don't have the exact year right in front of me, but it is currently one of the longest-running comedy shows in television history. It is the longest-running live-action comedy in history. So it's already surpassed the point, the mark. I don't know what number two would have been, but it's probably some old 60s or 70s comedy show with, like, Lucy or something in it. I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you can tell that I'm really, you know, up on my early TV comedies. I would think the Andy Griffith show. And no, so that only ran for like eight yeah. years. And it really only counts for like the first five because after that, yeah. Barney's gone. And it might not oh, even be leaves? five. It might have been mm-hmm. two or three. I don't remember how many seasons he was in. He was in, on there for like four or five. I four think or he five. Left. Then he left. And then it just went downhill from there. And then Warren came then it on. Came, and it, it was came just, on in color and nobody wanted to see that. And then you had uh, Howard Sprague. Howard Sprague. Howard Sprague. I don't even like him enough to know his name. (laughs) I liked Howard. So Kylie introduced us to this television show, and we've pretty much had it on loop ever since, catching up, because it's up to like 17 seasons now, I think, at this point. I'm pretty sure. And our daughter Kylie knows the entire show by heart, so she's going to give you a little premise of how this show works and what it's about. Well, in essence, this show focuses on a group of people who are... Truly the most horrible people on the planet. That's true. They are so bad. They get into much mischief, sticky situations, and just downright terrible actions. Really? But somehow, they're all hilarious. It's the funniest show I've ever seen. Yeah, they like run a bar, but you never see them really working, and they're always doing something. They just leave the bar all the time. Yeah, they're always leaving the bar. All the time. Yeah. There's always like two people in the bar. At all times, so, like, they never have any business. Yeah, well, see, that doesn't matter because Frank Reynolds, Danny DeVito. He's rich. super rich, um, decides to throw away his life of luxury and live in squalor with one of the other characters on the show. And the other character is, he's a maniac. Mm -hmm. He's my favorite. Charlie Day plays this guy. He's hilarious. He is. He is. So what are what are the characters in this show? You got Frank Reynolds, you mentioned, and Charlie. I don't know what his character's last name is. Kelly. Carrie, Charlie Kelly. Charlie Kelly. And then there are three others. So you've got Dennis and Dee Reynolds. They're twins, the children of Frank Reynolds. Yes. And you've already mentioned Charlie. He's a maniac. Absolutely. He's an expert in bird Off. law. Expert, <laughs> expert in bird law. And the last character on the show is Mac. And he's hilarious. He is. He is off the wall. He's a professional bodyguard, Vic Vinegar. <laughs> Vic Vinegar. He actually created the show, I believe. He oh, did. He did. Matt did. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't know that. His name is I Rob thought Charlie McElhinney. Day had something to do with it. Rob McElhinney. Well, they're all writers, but they he created it. Well, yeah. that's something I did not know. It says it in the credits every single episode. Yeah. I didn't know that was his real name. Rob. Why would I know that? McElhinney. McElhinney. So what we typically do on this show is we'll talk about what we've been watching, and then we'll give it a rating on an arbitrarily chosen scale of 1 to 12 dog treats. And since you are our guest, Kylie... I'm going to go ahead and let your mom go first. (laughs) And Crystal, tell us what you think about this show and what is your rating? I would rate it a 12 out of 12. I can't argue with that. Because it's hilarious. It's light. Like you don't have to pay a lot of attention. So you can be doing other stuff while you're watching it and still know what's happening. You could pretty much watch any episode without having to be in order. I mean, there's an ongoing storyline, but you could. Yeah, I mean, like we've skipped ahead to see a certain episode or two and then come back. So. But it's really much your humor. Oh, yes. It's even more so than Flight of the Concords, which I didn't think it was really possible. It really is. It's far more violent. There's a couple of episodes where I thought you were going to die, literally. So yep. I give it a 12 for almost killing you. The gang <laughs> for almost killing me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'd give it a full 12 if it died. That's what I'm saying. All right. Like I said, I was just playing with you, Kylie. I was saying that, you know, you're our guest. So we're going to go ahead and let me do my review before we get to you. And I'm going to go ahead and say that I give it a 12 out of 12 because this is truly the epitome of comedy television. It has made me laugh so hard I almost puked. There's an episode called The Gang Solves the Gas Crisis. (laughs) One of the top It doesn't matter if you've ever seen this show before. Go pick that episode out and watch it, and you will know everything there is to know about my sense of humor. Yes, (laughs) you will know, Brett. When Charlie Day, whose character is Charlie Kelly, starts talking later in the film, they're trying to sell 50-gallon drums of gasoline. You'll understand why after you watch the episode. Door-to-door out of an unmarked van. (laughs) (laughs) We're just a couple old men in from Dallas, and, well, (laughs) we're itching like a hound. To give you a something you want. Yeah, we want to fill you up if you were so inclined as to let us. No. Now, we ain't going to take no for an answer now, you hear, okay? So don't be making me sick my associate on you here, all right? He don't take kindly to know. So, can I fill you up or what? Yep. You best get to stepping because Johnny Laws are coming. So I'm going to give it a 12 out of 12. And Kylie, what do you think about this show and what would you rate it? Stealing my thunder. I give it a 12 out of 12 dog treats as well. Okay, and why? Well, I agree with you. It is the epitome of comedy. I love this show. It is constantly in the background playing at my house on one of the three, if not all of the three TVs in (laughs) my home. We like to go over our data limit by playing Sunny. (laughs) You have a limit? Apparently, oh. we went over it. The we other went time. over it with it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh-oh. That's how good it is. Exceed your data limits. Oh, wow. You know, I don't think that that actually is what set us over the edge. I think the dance moms upstairs. Oh, okay. uh, Our think other daughter, Kirsten, is obsessed with that show. She always has been. It. Yeah, she's always loved that show. Yeah, not I mean, going to get that into show, that one. I know that these two like it, but uh, I just don't understand it. Hilarious. So it's so unanimous funny. decision. We're all going to give this a 12 of 12 and go watch any so single everybody episode. Everybody watch this show. Every, watch Jersey any Shore episode. episode. Yeah, the Jersey oh, Shore episode. Jersey that one did Shore almost kill episode. me. Yeah, that one nearly killed him. Yeah. So that's going to bring us to the portion of the show that we like to call Layla, Layla and, and Coffee Talk. Talk. So Crystal, today is a very special day. It is. And would you like to tell us why? Today is Layla's sixth birthday. Oh, she's so big. She's so cute. So she had her little birthday cake, and she got a toy, and she was super excited. She got sung to by melodious voices. We sang happy birthday to her. So she's had a big day, and um, she had a big weekend having all the family over. Oh, it was very exciting. Yeah, so she's just had the time of her life. It's been Time of her six years. Big old day for her. I know, and I was looking back through photos of um, each birthday because we've had her since she was one and a half. So we've had her since her her second birthday, third, fourth, fifth. Yeah, sixth. And had those little pictures of her as a puppy yeah, wearing a tutu, puppy sniffing pictures. a cow. Yeah, so little did we know she was related to cows <laughs> at the time. 
So we're going to post pictures of her birthdays throughout the year so okay. you can see how cute she is. Yeah. And little Miss Coffee, who's currently sleeping on the bed beside You've me. You've seen her during this episode, actually. <laughs> She's, She's been wondering about. Crystal. She went out on the deck last night and called a cicada. And I assume everyone knows what cicadas are. I was just thinking, are. I wonder if everyone knows what it is. Is that a regional thing? I don't know. I, it is. I think it is. Okay, if it is regional, I'm going to explain. I'll put a picture of a cicada up. These things are about this long and about that big around, and they have humongous wings, and they buzz extremely yeah. loud. They're like, they're really annoying. Horrifying. Yeah. Apparently, they're also delicious. Apparently. Because coffee did what? She went out on the porch and she got one and brought it inside and her and Layla proceeded to kill the cicada. And then Coffee took it out onto the deck and ate it. Because good times. Just crunch, crunch, crunch. And we're like searching on the internet to make sure it's not poisonous. And then it sort of scared me because the article at first said, don't let your dog eat it. But then it said, well, if it only eats one or two, it's fine. Apparently they have trouble digesting them. But it said that uh, if your dog gorges themselves on it, then it could be a problem. <laughs> Which she would definitely do if she could. If there were enough of them, she would do it. Yeah, because she got one the other night, and she carried it down to our bed, Ugh, and you saved it. it. On our bed. Yeah, you saved that one. But It probably died in the event. Probably. So it's been a very interesting week with the dogs. It has been. So if you want to find us online, you can do so by going to scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can see us on all social media platforms by looking for the user at Scary Savannah. Please also check out our Patreon page, which you can find a link down below or up at the top of our website. And it's easy to follow instructions for as little as $3 a month. You can get new exclusive episodes. And currently we're in a series about cryptids, which is Crystal's favorite word of I the I do hour. love to say cryptid. It is a very fun word to say. It feels like it carries a lot of weight. It does. There's like a lot of words that I don't like. So yeah. when I find one I do like, uh, I like to latch onto it. I didn't used to like the word supper. Oh, don't say that word. Yeah, it's supper. just a painful word. If you say that word in front of Ethan, he will freak out. Our oldest Ethan, son I hope you're him. watching this. Yeah. Supper. supper. My mom supper. still says it, knowing that both Ethan and I hate that Apparently word. Apparently that's what the old folks called it, and they ate it at like 2 p.m., Yeah, you didn't eat they? it like 3 in the afternoon. It's I know, called it's supper. So weird. And then it sits on the table, and you can just keep coming back and getting more cornbread stuff if you're still hungry. Cornbread? You yeah, say, yeah. Mm, maybe we should invest into this supper. <laughs> we haven't eaten dinner. Well, I haven't eaten dinner yet, and yeah. it's nine fifteen. So, anyways, join up to our Patreon. Three dollars. Uh, got my own supper on my mind now. It's supper, <laughs> and we would love the support. If you want to leave us a review, five star review online, you can do that by going to our website. There's a tab up the top that says reviews. Tells you how to do it. If you go do that, leave us a five-star review, send us a message through our contact form, let us know you did it. Yeah, if you just click on the five stars and don't write anything, we can't tell who you are. Yeah. So you got to write something. You can write anything. Just, it could be one sentence. Yeah. It could be like, look at how awesome Brett's t-shirt was at one time. I know it's not or true. Are those headphones I'm super jealous of? Yes, I got these teal. Why do I not have teal things on my Because you headphones? don't have Sony headphones like Can that, I not have those? These are the studio headphones that I use for editing. Of You're course not using you can have them, them for editing right <laughs> of now. Of course you can have them, baby. Of course. <laughs> Amazon. Give them to me now. Of course you can. I tell you what. What do I got? Twenty dollar headphones? Yeah, they're more like forty. <laughs> but still. You told me they were fifty. I didn't tell you that. <laughs> I bought those from Quinn. Sorry. I paid for these them. were fifty. <laughs> I figured. So, if you want to help support Crystal's new need yeah, for I need headphones, headphones, then please go buy her a coffee, which will translate into headphones. And you can do that by clicking on the little coffee cup icon on the bottom left-hand side of the browser on our webpage, where you can leave one, two, three, or as many as ten coffees so that we can get her some <laughs> headphones so that they can cuts match off at 10. mine. And then uh, we'll have those, and it'll be just a great thing for everybody to be able to have. Also, I also like this little colored cord you got there. Mine's you said black. you hated this. No, I was going to get you a yellow. I he have a yellow one. Yellow. I want something prettier. Okay, well we'll deal with that too. I'll get you a new XLR cable. <laughs> this is turning into a, a money losing event, and it's not because of me for a change. <laughs> I got to go find out what you bought earlier. Oh, is no. Coffee's <laughs> laying on my phone right now, so yeah, I can't check. she's protecting it for me. So leave us that review, and we'll send you some stickers out. 
Make sure to enter our merchandise giveaway. Go to our website. There's a tab up at the top of the page. You can click for giveaways and it will let you enter for merchandise giveaway that we give away on the first episode of the month. So that's going to leave us with just that one last little line that Crystal likes to close out the show with. And I stare at her fondly. Join us next time in Savannah where the ghosts and the good times live on. But you know who don't? I'll tell you, you don't. That there good old Andrew Jackson, because he done found the bell witch, and she done gave him a horse pistol. <laughs> what? You don't even read the stories, do you? A horse pistol? A horse pistol. Oh, okay. That's what you shoot the witch with. It didn't oh, work. Turns out she had to go some sort of set of tools. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.